Hey there, welcome to Dirt Rich, seasonal conversations on food and farming. I'm Katie Federal, the Communications Director for the Sustainable Farming Association. And today I'm excited to talk about a relatively new, at least to the Midwest, model of local foods market that is connecting farmers with eaters both online and in person. We have three farmer guests who have founded Reco Rings in their regions to walk us through how it all works and how people can get started on their own. We have Megan Blair of the Twin Ports Reco Ring around Duluth, Vanessa Wallach of the Ozaki Reco Ring, and Thelma Heidel Baker of the New West Bend Reco Ring, both of which are located in southeastern Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee. Let's get right to it. So thank you three so much for for joining today. Thanks, Katie. I'm excited to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think just to give a good background of what y'all do, because I know you also each farm, um, why don't we just do quick intros and talk about what you do outside of RECO, and then we'll kind of dive into what that is. Um, Vanessa, let's start with you. Um, my name is Vanessa Wallach, and I own and operate a 10-acre farm in Fredonia, Wisconsin, so southeast Wisconsin, and focus on pastured poultry, and my niche is heirloom variety of vegetables and herbs. Um, been Started the farm in 2015 and uh, slowly has grown over the years, and I think I've reached my sweet spot. I don't really want to get any bigger than I am, but yeah, certified organic and love, love what I do. And Megan, how about you? Yeah. um, My name is Megan Blair. I'm um, a co-owner operator of Kenosha Grove, which is an orchard located just outside of Duluth, Minnesota. It's a historic set on a historic dairy farm. And we uh, make hard ciders and we also um, help maintain our orchard using Icelandic sheep, um, which we also sell lamb and wool from as well. Excellent. And you uh, listeners may remember Megan was on our cider episode um, released last, let's see, I think December 2021. So be sure to check that out. And Thelma. I'm Thelma Heidel-Baker. I and my husband, Ricky Baker, run Bossy Cow Farm uh, near Random Lake, Wisconsin. We're in southeastern Wisconsin, and it's a uh, certified organic grazing dairy farm uh, where we also raise uh, 100% grass-fed, uh, grass-finished beef and uh, pastured eggs. So we call ourselves a grass farm, and then we use the animals as a management tool to manage our farm, which is about 84 acres of pasture that's been in for several decades. All right. So the topic at hand, I don't think a lot of folks have heard of a reco ring. I certainly had it until uh, Megan uh, discussed it with me last year. Who wants to define what is a reco ring? How can we explain this? So a reco ring is a group of people, group of producers that come together to sell their goods. And reco itself, it is a Swedish acronym that roughly translates to mean sincere or fair consumption. And it's not my original idea or any of the people here. It was actually created by Thomas Snellman. Um, He's a farmer in Finland who was trying to come up with a way to sell his farm products in a way that didn't cost a lot of money. So he came up with this idea of selling on a Facebook group. 
and getting a collective of people together and to sell all their goods. And then there was a designated pickup site where people would come and pick up the items that were ordered on the, the, the Facebook group. So you set up this Facebook group, people order, there is an agreed upon time and date. Everything is bought and paid for online. So essentially it's an online farmer's market. That's what a reco ring is. Sure. Within like the physical pickup, right? Exactly. And to add to that, it it really is really farmer friendly um, and customer friendly too. But for the farmers, it's a super efficient model because we only have to bring what the customers order because they order online and they they place the orders and then they pay for the orders online. And so for us, it's wonderful to be able to pack up only what people have pre-ordered and prepaid for. And it, it eliminates the middleman. So it's it's selling direct to customers and people buying direct from farmers. So they get to know their farmers. We get to know our customers. We get to keep a lot more of that money in our pocket. They know that it's going directly to the farms, which is what a lot of the customers in our reco rings are really looking for is that connection with their local food community and the farmers that supply that and support that. And so because of that, we've found that it really creates an amazing community of people. So it's not just it's not just a farmer's market, even though at the base it is, it goes beyond that because you start getting to know all the people that are involved with it. Exactly. And could you describe a little bit more how um, this is more efficient or benefits farmers and or the buyers more than a farmer's market might? Because it, it sounds a lot like, you know, people are meeting in person at a farmer's market. And so I think a lot of people would think about that as like, oh, well, that works just fine for connecting with my local grower. But how is this kind of set apart from that? I can speak to that. I think one of the biggest benefits to both the farmers and the shoppers is this idea that you're given sort of a, a broad length of time to figure out what you want to buy if you're a your customer. But if you're a farmer, um, you're not just the the booth at the farmer's market. I mean, that the, the, the amount of work that goes be, behind a booth at the farmer's market includes, you know, you trying to figure out as a farmer what you're going to want to have for inventory, then harvesting so it stays fresh, then traveling sometimes hours to your local farmer's market, then uh, being there at your booth, um, probably uh, selling at least some of your stuff, but potentially not all of it. And, um, and especially if you have a sort of bad weather customers may not show up for that day. Um, and so at the end of the day, you're oftentimes packing up your vehicle with food that you didn't sell by this time, it's not fresh anymore. And it's a really disheartening sort of feeling. And so this really bypasses all of that. And, um, oftentimes with markets, there's fees associated with that, or you need to you know, buy your booth and invest in um, invest in the infrastructure to have a booth. So this is really bypassing all of that. It's allowing you to do your business on your farm while you're working some oftentimes in the field um, and then collecting up and invoicing, you know, usually all at once. And your customers are able to sort of make those simple payments and then do the transaction in a short window of time, you know, half an hour or an hour uh, with respect to the pickup. So that's what it's what it's doing on the farmer side is revolutionizing the way that we um, get get our products to our customers. So it's been great that way. From the customer side, um, you know, you really do get to know your farmers. You get to browse, you know, any time of day or night um, through the postings for that week and choose what you want. 
Uh, it's a little different than a CSA model in which you you know get product, but it's oftentimes a lot of one thing, for example. Um, so you're really able to self-select what you want for that week or for the next two week period uh, and and shop that way. Yeah, as I was thinking about that this afternoon, um, like I love being able to wander around a farmer's market and yet like I don't know exactly what I'm going to find there, what I'm going to get. And so I think I, I would love to have the option of doing a little bit of both, right? And to be able to kind of figure out which what groceries I need to get and what I could get from a reco ring that week. And then also like if I had the time to go, just kind of see what I could see at a farmer's market too. Yeah, I love this. You, you've listed so many benefits, I guess. And what what was the most important for you or what maybe drew you to the enormous task of actually starting a reco ring in your own area? For us, for the Ozaki area reco ring, it was simply a need because of the pandemic. It literally was at, it was in March of 2020 and everything was shutting down. I had the biggest egg laying flock I had ever had and now had all these eggs with nowhere to go with them. So um, I had heard about the model on a podcast and um, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, I'm doing this. So, cause I had to do something. It was, and so I reached out to Thelma and another um, local farmer friend of ours. And um, I was like, hey, you guys, listen to this podcast. Let me know what you think. Are you interested? Does this sound like something that you'd want to do? And then we just went from there and we brainstormed as a group and um, came up with a plan, not really knowing what we were doing, just kind of went for it. And it just, it blew up. So I, our timing was really good in regard to there was a pandemic and we offered a solution for people to still get local food in a non-contact way. So it just, it really worked out for our group in, in that aspect. And to add to that, one of the really key pieces, I think that really made the Ozaki record ring successful and taking off was the pandemic started and we had to switch to a no contact way of getting food to people. And so the original RECO model was that you pick it up from the back of people's cars. So we didn't want to do that, at least then. So we did a drive-through model and we told people, put your sign up there with your name on the window. We will get your orders to open the back of your car up or car door or whatever, and we'll put it in, no contact. And it was so easy to adopt it for people to be able to get local produce with no contact with anybody. And we've essentially kept that model still. We still do a drive-through model. They don't get out of their cars to pick up. We, we do now open windows up so we can talk to people, but it's still a drive-through and it's made it super efficient um, for the customers and for the farmers. And a couple other things that's really good about this drive-through model that we have found that works really well is we can adopt it so that you can get people that are super busy, like, moms or parents with young kids, they don't have to get out of their cars and they can still get local produce. And we have a number of customers that are also um, very immobile. They don't walk around, they have canes, walkers, whatever it may be. And they come weekly to get their produce because they don't have to get out of their car to do it. And they really like that efficiency as a customer of being able to do that um, without having to tax their, their own abilities. That's excellent. That's something that I was really curious about um, coming into the conversation too, is because I hadn't thought about, you know, the drive-through situation, but also if you chose where you could locate the pickup location, you could put it in a neighborhood or by, by somebody who like might not necessarily yeah, be able to make a trip to 
the co-op or the farmer's market or wherever. And so they would have easier access for local produce. Megan and Vanessa, have you found that to be true in your areas as well? Yes. For, for Ozaki area record ring, when we were trying to come up with locations and brainstorm, um, the reason why, well, we started at a park at first, but we outgrew that so quickly. Mm. So then we decided, um, to go to this town in Grafton, called Grafton, which is the shopping district of Ozaki County. That's where the Target is. That's where the Costco is. That's where all like the bigger box stores where people come in from the other neighboring towns. So the thought process was, let's make this as convenient as possible. People are already going to be doing their Costco and Target run. It's not going to take any time to just run over to Reco. And we are set up in an old Shopco. Shopco is a chain of stores that was here in the Midwest um, that are no longer, but it's a huge parking lot. So it's really efficient and really easy. We had enough space. So it it just worked out really well. So that was something that uh, we really put a lot of thought into, like making it as efficient and convenient for us and the customers. So we were very strategic in picking the location. And we went through a a similar process with the Twin Ports Reco Ring. We, you know, had started meeting as producers in about January of 2021. And, um, you know, with with the idea that we would start up sometime in May. And, you know, we gathered the group of farmers that we had sort of gathered together to, to sort of brainstorm ideas about where we wanted to be. You know, there was some criteria that we had. We wanted to be easy on, easy off. Um, s- several main thoroughfares and freeways that come into a into Duluth. Uh, we had a, about five spots picked out that we wanted to target. We uh, talked to a few and decided that we, they probably wouldn't be big enough. We coincidentally ended, also ended up in an old Shopco parking lot. Um, it's just a huge, uh, a big open space, and we're able to run that um uh, drive-through model as well. Um, so that's worked out really well. Uh, we, we may ha- end up having to move our location, um, because there is a, somebody, a tenant, new tenant who, um, is going to be moving into the old Shopco center. So, but we'll probably end up targeting another place like that, where it's a big parking lot. It may be somebody who, uh, is a partner or who, who wants the foot extra foot traffic at their store. For example, um, you know, hardware stores would make a, a good record ring pickup uh, point because, you know, far, a lot of farmers have to go to hardware stores or um, home centers or fleet farm type um, locations where we've got, um, you know, those these these producers probably want to shop there anyway. And so it's it's a maybe a good meetup spot. I've also heard of good record models being um, public spaces parks or churches as well. So those are some some great options for, for Reco Rings. So we've talked a bit about kind of the end of the, um, the Reco Ring purchase process where people are going to pick up. Could you walk us through a farmer posting what's available for the week and how someone orders through that post? Yeah, I can do that. The whole idea of selling through a Reco Ring is that the farmers will be providing the customers with a list of what it is that they have available every particular every week. And so what a farmer does is they make up a post into the Facebook group because every Reco Ring has a Facebook group that is identified as usually the location. So example, we have the Ozaki Reco Ring. There's a new one here called the West Bend Reco Ring. You find that group, you join the group. And then the farmers will post every week on a particular, starting on a particular day of what they have available. So it'll say something like this week we have 
you know, so my farm would be like ground beef and eggs and things like that. And you put the price on it and they put the quantity price, a little, maybe some of the details of the packaging. You, we usually have them include a little bit about their farm as well. And then also include the details on what the pickup location is, what the date is of the pickup as well, and then um, payment. So the farmers will post that and then the people that belong to the group will get to see that in their Facebook feeds. And so then if a customer is interested in ordering something, then they'll see that and there should be instructions on every post saying, all right, these are the steps that you would need to take. And so usually what we'll say is comment on the post of what it is that you would like to order. So, so if somebody was offering up lettuce, for example, say, okay, I want a half a pound of lettuce and maybe the bunch of cilantro. Um, and then that's all that the customer needs to do. And then what will happen on the back end is the farmer will see that order. They'll like the post and then they'll message or comment to the particular customer of, hey, I got your order. This is your total. This is, a, this is how we accept payment. And so every farm has their own choice of like what they use for their payment options. Venmo, PayPal, Square, there's lots of different options that they have. So then the customer will get those messages and they'll comment, they'll, you know, they'll see that and then they can submit their payment prior to um, the pickup. So in, a, in essence, that's, a, that's basically what happens. The farmer posts, the customers then comment on what they order, and then there's the connection there for the, for the payment um, that takes place. And then every week, the, the those posts get taken down um, from the previous weeks, and then new posts go up with the new produce lists that's available. And so it's wash, rinse, repeat every week, and we keep right on going with Rucko throughout the season. And that's a really key piece, right, that it's all prepaid, because once you start paying in the parking lot, then you run into farmer's market regulation territory, correct? Yes, that's true. That's the loophole. Well, I really want to call attention to the fact that y'all are representing three different reco rings and three different stages, right? Vanessa is representing Ozaki, which has been in place for two years now. Megan is representing Twin Ports Reco, which is one year in the making. And then Elma has West Bend Reco, which has been in place for two weeks. But you were also involved in the Ozaki Reco ring. I'm curious how y'all began. Who did you organize with? I think Vanessa talked about this a little bit. Um, but what does it take to get something like this rolling in your community? Uh, for for the Ozaki area reco ring, I was very strategic on who I invited, who I wanted to participate. Mm-hmm. And um, Thelma and my other friend Caleb came to mind for two different reasons. One, Thelma is a scientist. She's very organized. She's very intelligent. She's very smart. She's a good speaker. She has a lot of experience. She's well tied into the community. I knew that she was a nice person and easy to work with. So I was like, yes, Thelma, if she's in, I I need her. And then our other friend, Caleb, he was managing the longest running CSA farm in the state of Wisconsin at the time. Um, And he just had a really big Facebook following that farm had, has been around for a while. And so the strong customer base. So my thought was, okay, if, if these two are in, even if it's just the three of us, which it initially was, we can develop a good base with that just by the people that we know. And from there, and then the timing, you know, the pandemic, it just exploded. And then Caleb recommended someone and Thelma recommended someone. And then there was more farmers and then other farmers saw what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it. And it really, the pandemic really had everything to do with our success. It just, it it exploded from there. So that is how we got started. And 
just the communication, having someone, I think that Thelma and I complement each other really well. Um, and two very different personalities, but bring different things to the group to make it functional and just having that extra person to rely on, you know, because we all have busy lives, but so if you miss a post one, it's just nice to have two people managing the group. If you have any more than that, I think it's too many. It just works for us. So in addition to, you know, being present at the pickup, you're managing the Facebook page and kind of being page administrators, right? Thelma and I both are. Okay. And accepting vendor applications too, I imagine? Yes. Do you find that there's a lot of demand still for new vendors to join? We do have people asking um, quite a bit, but we vet, you know, we, Thelma created the applications. We go through them. We kind of talk about it to each other. And there's been times too, you know, we bounce things off of each other. Like sometimes one of us will be excited about a vendor and then we talk through a little bit more and we're like, Ooh, does it really meet the criteria? So that's why it's good to have that other perspective and a partner essentially to, you know, to make decisions. Um, But yeah, we're still, we've, we've turned people away, but we're always still looking for, for vendors that we think would add to the group, but we do have um, certain criteria that we look for in people. And we want to make sure that everybody's adhering to, to those standards. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's get into that a little bit. What kind of criteria have you set forth and is there broader criteria that RECO itself, no matter where you are, um, requires? In terms of what our group is is focused on, we've really tried to focus on food, local foods, local farms, really coming from the idea of supporting local farms, because that's ultimately where RECO came from, is trying to support farms um, and, and realizing, we realized really quickly that, you know, most of what farms are producing, at least in our area, is food, but not always. There are some other products that are coming out of it, things like soaps, for example, people that raise goats and has goat milk soap and things like that, So, or hemp products as well. Um, so our group is a little bit diverse in terms of that, but I, I really try to advertise our group as a food-focused group with added benefits on the side. Um, and so sometimes we do have producers as well that are not strictly a farm, but they do produce their own food. So our criteria both for the Ozaki Reco and for the West Bend Reco, which we just started. And I've thought a lot recently about like, who, who is your group and what are your goals? Um, and so we try to keep it local. Um, initially, we were tr- trying to really keep it down to 20 miles or less, like we call it Reco local, 20 miles or less to the pickup point. So really, really trying to hone in on something close by. And we kind of expanded that out to like 30 miles because we did have some amazing producers a little bit further away. Um, we try to focus on, for our group at least, and this doesn't have to be for Echo, but on organic farms in particular. So a lot of us in our group are certified organic. Um, not everybody is, but in really thinking about like how the food was grown and raised and produced um, is really important to, to us. So um, we're willing to work with like young local farms, smaller farms, as long as they have really high quality produce. It's really important to us. And in being a, a Facebook group, Looking also for somebody that has a Facebook or online social media presence, we found is really important too, because if you, you may have the greatest farm in the world, but if you don't have a social media presence and because it's a Facebook based group, it kind of makes it really limiting. And so we have had to turn farms away or tell them, Hey, you have great stuff, but 
you'll have to develop that space for your marketing, your, your advertisement of yourself outside of your traditional farmer's markets places, because this is just how our group is run. And it doesn't work if you're not on here or if you don't know how to use Facebook. Um, and so that, that part of the learning curve we found with some farms needs to happen. And some of them have come back and said, hey, we've got our, we've got our Facebook page now. We've got social media online presence. We've got people following us. And then we're like, yes, we can have a conversation. Let's see if you'd be a good fit. And then other ones, they just, they don't come back or it's just not their thing, which we totally understand. Um, it, it isn't for everybody just because it is on Facebook and not everybody necessarily wants to do it on there. Um, and which is why we also have tried now with the Ozaki Rockering to find an alternate way to bring in people that are not on Facebook so they can still be a part of this local food movement and community that we have created, even if they aren't necessarily on that social media platform. Gosh, well, before we get to that, I want to give Megan a chance to, to talk about now that Twin Ports has existed for a year, kind of what it's taken to get it to where it is. And if you have any differing criteria than Ozaki and West Bend. You know, the way that we originally organized, um, I also had heard about Reco Rings through a podcast on sustainable agriculture. And um, I had sent out that uh, podcast through a group called the Duluth Young Farmers Coalition, which is a subchapter of the National Young Farmers Coalition. And that that was a Facebook post I put out probably in late 2020, maybe early 2021. And I said, who's heard of these? And are you interested? This seems like a great thing that might work in the Twin Ports. And um, I got some really enthusiastic responses from some great producers who I knew um, who were doing things like um, an herb farm and then a coffee roaster. And then I knew some um, uh, meat producers who were doing uh, beef and chicken and pork and some two or three veggie CSA farms reached out to me as well. And so I kind of knew from the get-go that this probably had legs. And as long as I could get this group together to go over what this might look like, um, that I probably had, you know, all, all we needed really to get started. And so that's how the, the, the thing originally gelled. I set up a couple of Zoom meetings. We were all doing Zoom because it was the pandemic. And um, we had about two or three organizing meetings where we developed some visioning documents and talked a little bit about, you know, what do we want this to look like? Um, we also chose really to be focused on food. Um, you know, it, in some cases with some farmers markets, they can kind of evolve into more like craft fairs. And so we wanted to try to stay away from that as much as we could. But we did also recognize that a lot of our farmers, uh, we, we're living in an extremely seasonal area up here in northern Minnesota and northern Wisconsin. And so um, we did realize that there there would be some times of the year anyway, when we would want to do some other um, type of handcrafted products as well. And so we have kind of an open policy with respect to that. We need, we, we want the core of our group to be food focused and we also um, want it to be local. Um, we define local roughly as about an hour away um, from the meetup point. Uh, that's pretty arbitrary, but it's one of these things where, you know, individual farmers need to make um, a commitment to Ring in a lot of ways. Uh, if they only get one or a handful of orders in that week, they're still committed to being at the meetup. And so that in some ways it's self-limiting with respect to how far you can go. Um, and so that's sort of one of our criteria is to be within about an hour of the pickup location. 
and then um, what we try to do every year is sort of gather everyone together and plan out what we think will be contributing to the RECO ring. And then we look for gaps and we're really looking for producers to help fill those gaps where we see um, a, a mushroom cultivator, for example, who's doing culinary mushrooms. We want to try to get them onboarded. Um, you know, we're always looking for people who are doing maple syrup. So we've got some, some, you know, gaps in our market that we recognize and we're trying to really build out that mechanism in which somebody can basically buy all their groceries that they need for a week. And so, um, with that in mind, we're looking for always looking for diversity in producers. And, um, and a lot of this is ends up through word of mouth, right? So it's for farmers recommending other farmers they think would be a great, you know, contributor to the record ring. Um, our, our, we have a, wonderful bread baker who um, another of our farmers brought on board, um, just recognizing that her products are so wonderful. And, and she's been a, just an, a wonderful asset to the, to the reco ring. You know, I, I, we do focus on, you know, how local products are made and produced and the, um, the farming practices that are used on individual farms. We're being organic or certified organic is not a huge differentiator in our market. Um, we have a lot of farms operating, some of whom are uh, certified organic or biodynamic and have these other certifications too. And we want to, we, we definitely want to promote that, but it's not necessarily something we filter for. We're really more interested in, you know, having a great variety of product um, in a consistent manner. Well, Thelma, since this is most fresh for you, your two weeks in, what kinds of challenges or like pieces are you working on right now with a brand new Reco Ring? The West Bend Reco Ring is something that we started having conversations with uh, uh, this winter. Um, it's something that had come up about a year ago in our area where a few people were interested in saying, hey, let's start another Reco Ring in our area because the, the, the West Bend Reco Ring pickup is, I just checked, it's 21 miles away from the Ozaki Reco Ring. So we are starting another one that is in very close proximity, um, but it is in another city and it's 20, you know, 20 miles away. Um, and so we're like, well, is this the time and the place to start another one? Um, is, there, is there a need for it? Is there an interest in it? So one of the biggest challenges I think to any Reco Ring is simply that people don't know what it is. I mean, this is kind of why we're having this conversation here today. Both farmers and customers generally do not know what this model is. It's completely new. And so if you're going into starting a Reco Ring, just assume that nobody knows anything about what it is. And when we started the Ozaki, that's exactly what we had to do is there's a ton of education on exactly how this worked, what this worked, and repeating over and over again how to order things, what to do, where you're going, when to pick up. We do a lot of reminders on our Facebook pages of, hey, get your orders in today. Hey, today is pickup day. Hey, don't forget to get your payments in. Hey, do this. And just inundating them nicely, of course, um, with a lot of the reminders of like how this works and you're always getting new members into the group. And so just remember that every one of those new people probably doesn't know how it works. Um, and so as this new RECO, this West Bend RECO that we just started is kind of taking off, we have right now, we've got, I think 550 members in our group compared to the Ozaki RECO wing, which almost has 3000 members in. Um, so we're at a good place, but it's still beginning. And, and even this week, you know, last week we forgot to post the map saying, hey, this is our pickup location. And we had people that were literally driving around trying to find us because it was new and they didn't know where to go. Um, so these are some of the learning curves that come at the beginning, um, both for the farmers and for the customers. 
Um, so, you know, once you have your group of farmers in that, you know, are selling, um, that's great. But then there's some of these backside things that also make a Reco ring really successful or not, um, kind of depending on who, who is administering the group, who's in charge on the backside. And now with me being involved with two groups, I can, I've learned things from the Ozaki Reco ring of like what we should really do with this one, um, to hopefully make it into like the strong community that we've been able to, um, to create in the Ozaki County area. Um, but it, it does it does take a little bit of work and it doesn't happen overnight. And so I'm regularly talking to our farmers and saying, hey, we're just beginning. We can do this. And so every week so far, this is gonna be a thir third week now. We've, you know, we've had increasing sales. It's nowhere near as great. And it's hard to compare it to the other record rank. But I was like, we're starting here. We've got people that are excited. They come in, the customers pick up their stuff and they're like, we are so excited that you are here. I'm gonna share it with my friends. And that's the big thing that you wanna hear that they want to be able to bring other people in because they really like it. And I think that's like the starting place for any successful reco ring is just being able to connect with the people that are going to be a part of your group and make it, make it worth their while to be there. That's such a good point. It, Cause once you understand what's happening, it seems like this is a very simple concept, but of course, like it's all about communications and making those logistics smooth because not everybody, everybody's got a life going on. And so <laughs> But add to to that question about challenges too is, you know, in parallel with the way that we set up the um, the Facebook page for the Reco Ring, we also set up a producers page, and so the producers that it's like essentially working in parallel, but the producers can post anything they want about you know ideas they may have, uh, or you know, hey, should we think about changing the schedule because it's getting dark in October? You know, these kinds of things we're talking about as a group of producers as well. And so we have the community that includes our customers with, on the Big Reco um, uh, page, but we also have the small community of producers who are really focused on really trying to make this a success. Or on the other hand, we also have had farmers who um, have decided that Reco isn't a great fit for their farm at this time. So it's one of these things where we can, you know, still include them and keep them in conversation because, you know, if they ever decide they do want to come back and be posting on Reco, um, they'd be welcome to. So it's one of these things where we're keeping also that community of producers together as well and communicating that way, sort of behind the scenes. One of the things that we have done to try and see how our group is doing is do online polls with our, uh, Reco Ring community membership, um, just kind of put up, hey, how are things going? Uh, do you have any questions? Um, what's working for you or not working for you? And we've gotten some really wonderful feedback back from customers and farmers on, on maybe some of the areas that we're missing that could be really helpful for what works for them. And and that's it's, it's given us the areas to be able to grow and to make it even better and, and meet everybody's needs. And we did one this winter actually, and we did it with, with uh, twin ports reco ring, we did an online one. And so we just, we just pulled everybody, we sent it out to both of our groups. And so now we've got input from two reco rings on just how to improve it here in, you know, the Midwest and Minnesota and Wisconsin. And um, it's, yeah, that's just kind of one of the easiest ways I feel like. And it, it allows the customers too to be able to feel like they're a part of something to improve it, that they're not just, hey, being told what to do from the Rucko, you know, Uber leaders or something, but no, that we're all part of the community. We're listening to you. We are hearing your needs and we are responding to it. And I've heard people say that like, we really appreciate being able to be a part of this conversation um, in what is happening within this group. 
yeah, I'm curious what kind of feedback you got from the customer side of things. Um, what what made things easier for for them to participate? Um, oh, so much. So a lot of it was just the transparency of telling, making sure we tell them how things work and when things are happening or changes that are happening. Just being transparent about it is is really important. Um, some of the other things that we got from it were uh, like different payment options. Like sometimes people want, they're like, oh, what, why doesn't everybody um, do the same payment options, for example? And then we explain how like this is this is everybody, each each farm is an, it's, its own entity and they get to choose how they do this. This is the wonderful flexibility of RECO is we, we work together, but we're still independent. Um, so kind of some of those pieces. And, it, and it, it was just a lot of like how the process works. Where did like where did Reco come from? Why why are we doing this? And explain to them that it's new. That if you know like they don't know what they're doing. Well, well, it's because this is a whole new concept. That it's it's new to Wisconsin, Minnesota. Like we were the first Reco wearing in Wisconsin, so nobody else knew what it was. It's like don't feel bad because you don't know how this works because literally we're all learning from the ground up. Um, some other things to think about too was the location and timing of the market was also something. So if you're creating one, maybe thinking about like what works best for both the farmers and kind of polling your community to see what would be best or where is there a need? Like if there's other farmers markets on particular evenings, make sure you're focused on not doing that evening, but something that'll be complimentary. On this poll, the one thing that I thought was very interesting was there were two that were ranked really low. They're still on there, but the prices of the produce was not as nowhere near as high of a consideration for, for most people. And you'd think it would be, but they were really looking for those connections and the local produce. That was their top priority. So that's kind of the, the group, the market that we were that we're working within. Yeah, that seems like a really wonderful part of um, this model is that like there is a structure that is kind of is somewhat uniform, but you can really adjust it to your local community and in the context there. It seems fluid enough that you can make it your own within like pretty wide parameters, it seems. But it's a good segue to talk about the local line. Um, so local line is a platform that we have recently introduced and it is um, a market where the farmers that want to participate can post their items in it. The nice thing about the local line platform is all of us are in one shopping area instead of having to go to each individual farmer post, do your post or order your things, pay individually. The local line platform offers um, an alternative where they just go to that store. They see all the farmers that are participating with their pictures and descriptions, and they do all the shopping right there in one spot. Um, and then they can, based on however the farmers take their payments, the nice thing about um, on the local line is they can do PayPal, Venmo, or credit card. They also accept credit cards on there. So I've gotten mixed feedback on it. It is, it's relatively new. We just started that this year, a few months ago. Um, as a farmer, it's much easier because then you can print a list and it's all right there itemized for you, which takes so much time off on the back end. because prior to that, having to handwrite all of the customers and what they ordered and checking and double checking, that was one of the, the disadvantages for me um, with not using the local line platform. Um, but also the other attraction to using 
this alternate platform is for people who aren't on Facebook. Now we can just give people a link. You know, we can tell people about Reco and they're like, oh, well, I'm not on Facebook. Oh, well, that's okay. Cause here's a link. You can go straight to local line and order from there. So I'm working on a campaign to promote that more. So there's still mixed feelings about it. And, and the, as producers, we do have to pay a fee for that every month, but it's pretty minimal. And for me personally, because it just saves me so much time and as far as the organization of, of my pick lists and, and, and things like that. So, so you have producers using both local line and Facebook to post what they have for sale. Well, we all have to post on Facebook, but then on the Facebook post, when it, when we're explaining to people how to pay, we provide the link to go to the local line, but not, we don't require that the farmers it's up to the individual farmer. Some farmers love it and have found it very useful. And for some of the smaller producers who just are like, I don't want to pay the $20 a month because, you know, I'm only going every other week and not getting very many sales. We understand this is just something that we're offering in addition. So it's, it's up to them, but I've gotten really positive feedback from a lot of the the customers because they love being able to have it all right in one place. One thing that strikes me about the RECO model is just how how much money flow you can keep within the local community. Has anyone been able to quantify that? Well, I can speak to to my farm sales. The very first year during the pandemic, the RECO was like 75% of my business. Now, obviously that's waned as things have opened up, but it, 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 it basically saved my farm. You know, there, there is changes going on right now. It, it, it ebbs and flows with the seasons and everything else, but consistency consistently, it's about, I would say it's about 25% of, of my overall business. I haven't kept exact numbers on this, um, but I know in those Zaki Reco ring, for example, um, you know, I have been tracking the number of orders that we have taken and it is thousands of orders like every year that we have taken in. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's probably like over $50,000 that we have done at least a minimum just like last year alone. And just kind of like ballparking of what like the different farms have done and knowing what our farm has sold as well. Uh, it's it's a huge amount of money. And, and remember, one of the big things is this is going direct from the consumer to the farmer. So, so much of that money is going right into the farmer's hands, which is really critical. And I know for our farm personally, we've been involved now with the RECO for two years. It has totally changed our sales farming model. So I do direct grass-fed beef to customers and I either do it through the RECO ring or I do it um, with bulk beef sales. And our direct market through the record ring sales have just like have changed the whole model that our the way our farm works. Um, I'm now marketing to Reco as opposed to it being a part of the sales like initially like when it when it started. It's been amazing. It's exactly the model that I wanted to do as somebody who wanted to sell direct to customers and it's just allowed me to connect in a way that I never anticipated it to work out so well. Um, and to build that community that I wanted around it, both with farmers, other farmers in the area. It's amazing to be able to connect with them and all of the local customers that come with it. Uh, and also just that, again, just getting back to that efficiency piece of, of how amazing it is to be able to do this without having to spend my Saturdays at a farmer's market. My Everybody's time is valuable. Um, and you know, I work full-time off farm as well. I have two little kids. I have 
And then I do all of farm marketing and sales and things like that. I can't give up my weekends to a farmer's market, but I'm more than willing to be walking through our pastures, um, taking in RECA orders while I'm literally caring for my livestock out in the field. And I have messaged people with their orders saying, thank you. I'm standing in the cow field saying hello to them while I'm taking order. I really appreciate you doing this because this record works so well for both of us. So, you know, it's the dollars amount is huge that is coming from RECO in terms of the local community. It's supporting local farms. It makes everybody feel really good because they're able to see the people that they're supporting and you can see the improvements. This is where social media becomes a part of it too, is you can follow those stories of the farms that you were purchasing from and see where things are going. We are always sharing what we're doing. Um, and it's really cool to see. Um, for example, like Vanessa has a new puppy. She brings the dog to Reco. They get to see the dog. Oh, he's there. He's harassing me. Sweet <laughs> baby. Oh. But people get to see the dog in person and then they see it on social media. And it's just, it's just really cool, these connections that we get to do in a way that otherwise you may not get to do. It, yeah. I just, I love Reco. Sorry. That's all I got to say. Well, no, it's such a nice, I mean, like you can follow tons of farms on Instagram and whatnot, but I'm having the opportunity to meet that, that farmer while you're buying their product is a lot more difficult to come across. And so it's like really nice blend of like the, the digital imagery with like actually an authentic uh, connection that can come out of there and good food. Yeah. The connections that I've personally made, I'm actually surprised because you would think that, you know, you're not having that in-person contact like you do at a farmer's market. That was one thing I actually really enjoyed about farmer's market because I love to talk. So, <laughs> you know, just meeting people and talking and making that connection, but it was such a time suck. Um, but you still develop these relationships with people because you're texting is you're getting to know them in a different way. And then they do follow. I'm always amazed at how closely people do pay attention to my post. Cause I'm, I just post stuff, not thinking that many people are really paying attention, but people do, and they say things. And I had a family come through there. There's some of my regulars and she had her kids in the car that day. And she was telling me how her, her boys were obsessed with one of the posts that I had recently put up and they were like mimicking. They were seeing what I said in the video. Like they had memorized it. And I was like, what? So it, it does. It's, it's really fun. It's really fun. And, and I've surprised at the connections that I've made through Reco. That's amazing too, especially when you have like a drive-through model. It didn't initially strike me as you would have much like social interaction, but um, yeah, it does. It does all culminate, doesn't it? Part of the one of or one of the things that we tried to do with the Reco Ring group. I know it's just a Facebook group. You join the group, yeah, you've got lots of them. Um, but is to cultivate it as a community and not just another group that you're a part of. Like I often am very careful with the wording that I say on there and say, "Hey, we." As a part of RECO, like you are part of us. We together are working on creating this local food community that you are a part of as a customer and we the farmer as a producer, but we can't do it without each other. So you and we all work together to make this happen. And the better we work together, the, the better off we all are. And then we can bring in more people and support more with more diverse products or other customers that are really happy. And it is, it, it's, I never thought it would be an online community that I kind of enjoyed so much. I never thought it would come to this. Um, and, and one of the other reasons I, I think this is really important is because I have, 
I follow a lot of other reco rings around the world. They are around the world. There are thousands of reco rings around the world. Um, and I've joined a lot of them just to see how they work. And I have seen ones die. They, I have seen ones that got started the same time that the Ozaki reco ring did in the beginning of the pandemic and they don't exist anymore. Their, their groups no longer made it. And so I've followed them to see like, why is it that theirs didn't take off and ours did take off? And just like Megan's too, the Twin Ports market has really taken off. But there are other ones that are just kind of struggling with it. And I think a part of that too is understanding how Facebook works because ultimately it is a Facebook group and understanding what it is that makes a Facebook group be successful. And a lot of it is having active posts, having active people on there that are commenting, responding to the things that you post up there. Because if you don't have that turnaround and that activity happening all the time, um, it falls off their feed and then they're not seeing it and they're not ordering and they're not coming back. And then your group just slowly goes away. Um, and so that's been one of the really important things that we have been conscious about with the Ozaki record ring and now with the West Bend record ring of like always keeping posts up, trying to keep people engaged, try to keep them interested in, in, in what's going on for multiple reasons. And so then it only helps to create a community where people really feel like they're a part of something because you want to be there, not just because you feel like you have to be there. And that, yeah, I think that's just one of the little pieces of success to, to any record ring um, if you're thinking about either joining one Join another one and see how they're working. I learned a ton from that. 100%. I agree with Thelma. Like keeping the group engaged is vital. Um, get inviting the customers in. Like we'll ask people to post pictures of the food that they cooked or things that they've made. Um, we, during the holidays, usually for Christmas and Thanksgiving, we have food drives, like donations and things like that. Um, so that engagement, like Thelma said, is really important to keep the group active. But again, as the administrators, we're not just letting people post. We we filter through. So it's also important to, to manage the page. We manage it pretty tightly, but I think that's necessary because I've seen other groups where, you know, that negativity can creep in there or it just is too much. So it's got to be just, just the right amount the right amount. Yeah, I would emphasize that as well. There's, you know, there's um, a sort of a, a needle to thread there uh, between keeping a very clean interface uh, that's easy to shop, so to speak, and also like cultivating this community and having posts that are, you know, about community events or something that you're gathering the record group, group community um, to gather to gather behind or to, you know, increase the amount of members by sharing out. So there's like, you know, asks you can make of the community, but it's also, you know, what we at the core of this, we really want this to be somewhere where people are shopping and it's really easy for them. And so making those quick comments and saying, I want two loaves of bread and a dozen eggs, like it's really it's it's really important that that is just you know a very simple transaction and keeping it keeping it simple. Um, so that's one of the things that we've focused on. Um, and then trying to understand the motivations of why people, why customers um, that what they value in Reco. Um, and sort of trying to pick that apart too. That's one of the things I think there are a lot of people are motivated from, from, for all, all sorts of different standpoints, you know, whether it be, you know, health reasons, whether it be um, uh, just awareness of how their food is grown, whether it be, you know, environmental reasons, there's all sorts of rationale for why, what makes, um, 
what makes sense for the customer for Reco. And so we're trying to um, understand that that framework a little bit too, and and sort of play into um, or or be offering our products to to satisfy all those reasons for for why why people want local foods. Um, you know, I think you know from the economic standpoint that you asked about, Katie. I think that um, it's hard for us to sort of gather up all the data that we would need to sort of say what is the impact with respect to local dollars. But you know, back of the envelope, we're doing you know a hundred or more transactions a week. Uh, you know, if we put a value on them of say twenty bucks for you know 30, 40 weeks a year, I mean, we're talking about tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and so it, whether those folks would have already bought local food um, in the first place and the RECO just helped them facilitate that, I'm not sure. You'd have to pick that apart to do a real analysis. But like Thelma mentioned, there's there's hundreds of these RECO rings worldwide. In Scandinavia alone, there's hundreds of rings. There, you know, Almost every uh, populated community in Scandinavia has a RECO ring. We would, you know, ideally that's what this grows to in North America too, um, we want people to go to communities when they move into a community and say, what's the reco ring? You know, how do I get on it? Um, you know, do you guys have a local reco ring? We want, we want that to be, that, that's the vision, right? That this becomes as pervasive, prevalent as a CSA model. And so I think there have been pretty significant economic studies for these Scandinavian countries. And that's where it would be, you know, really interesting to understand uh, what is this doing for local food local foods in general, um, from an economic standpoint and environmental standpoint and all these other reasons, you know? So there's a lot of questions that could be dug at here and there probably is, although I think they might be published in Swedish and I don't read Swedish. <laughs> We're going to have to grab some, some Swedish students to do an exactly. internship or something. <laughs> wow. Well, I think in closing, I'm curious what, as you you know, we're at the front end of what's going to be like a really delicious summer season. Um, what are your goals looking forward this year? Uh, let's start with Thelma with the, you know, the two week old reco ring. Yeah. So my goals for the summer are to really keep growing a new reco ring um, and, and just to keep cultivating it and knowing that we're starting out. So expectations are small um, to keep things realistic and that we can only grow from there. Um, so if we can have more people in the area know when I say, have you ever heard of a reco ring? And they go, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of one of my goals here. You don't have to know what it is, but at least that you've heard about it. And I know in our area, that is starting to be a more common thing that when I ask people, they've actually said, said heard of it. Yes. It's, it's not a weird term to them anymore. Um, and, and to make the most of Reco because it is new and make it um, just more of a common term. We have a lot of people know what the community supported agriculture model is CSA. So let's see if we can make Reco something that really resonates here in the Midwest in particular. I think we're really situated well um, in Minnesota and Wisconsin with a lot of our small farms to be able to take this and, and make it into something really big. And maybe we can just really own this here. And so I hope with our little West Bend Reco ring that we can we can be a part of that in expanding it um, here in Wisconsin. And Megan, one year in with Twin Ports, uh, what, what are you looking forward to for this next year? 
Well, one of our producers has an aspirational goal of having 10,000 members in our group. And I, I don't think Ooh. it's unrealistic. I mean, we grew from 300 to 3,000 um, in a year. And so if that's an exponential curve, we could have 30,000. But I think, you know, 10,000 members in our record group would be like a very, very admirable target. And I think we probably can get there. So we're working towards that. Um and, you know, the other thing that we talk about occasionally is where the twin ports. So we've got Duluth, Minnesota and Superior, Wisconsin here in the Northland um, is trying to understand the Superior, Wisconsin market a little bit more, too, and wondering if we should have a second pickup location. We know we've got people who come across the bridge um, to pick up at Reco in Duluth, but would we reach more customers by being present in the Superior, in Superior Wisconsin as well for our pickup? All right. And finally, Vanessa, with two years under your belt in Ozaki, what are your goals? Um, to start a reco revolution, I'm at why well, I'm hard at work. I'm hard at work uh, behind the scenes doing a new marketing campaign. And there's some really exciting things in the work. Um, I have asked, I, I don't want to say anything officially yet, but I have been in partnership with a large scale retailer that pairs very well with the farming community. Um, they are actually going to be the parking lot that we're currently in that used to be Shopco was taken by a, a local store and they have said that they're very interested in sponsoring our group. So doing partnerships with them and, um, you know, things have changed since the pandemic. So people do want to be out and about more. So the evolution of our particular reco ring, trying new things, maybe doing like a hybrid version where there's drive through is still available, but then doing these partnership um, promotions with the, the store. It, it's just really exciting. There's a lot of really great things in the works. They want to use us for promotional videos featuring local farmers on their YouTube channel. And so just really getting the RECO word out there and getting more people involved and getting sponsorship so that, you know, we can start more RECO rings around the Midwest and around the country. And speaking of, you know, a RECO revolution, if somebody, one of our listeners is interested in figuring out how they can start one in their area or wants, you know, some expert advice, are you available I think some people will have more questions and, and want to know how they can get going on something like this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally open. That's how I was actually connected to, to Megan. She reached out and I've had several other people just reach out because they've been watching our group. So totally open. That's how you make a revolution is by spreading the word and sharing the information. So I'm all about uh, sharing my personal experience, our, our group's personal experience. So people can reach out to um, me on Facebook, uh, the Victory Garden Farm, or uh, the farm website, which is www.foodforvictory.com, or you can just Google search the Victory Garden Farm in Fredonia, Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on Facebook, of course, and listed as, as an administrator on the Twin Ports Reco Ring. I do think if you're interested in starting a Reco Ring, one of the best ways to do is just start following those groups. You're going to get a sense right away for how they flow and how they work. Um, and you'll get posts about delicious foods in all sorts of different places. Uh, I really enjoy following other Reco, Reco Rings um, and understanding how their um, how their communities are, are responding to those to those Reco Rings. So yeah, um, find me through the Twin Ports Reco Ring uh, or on um, on my 
farm's website, uh, www.kenoshagrove.com. And um, that's spelled C-A-N-O-S-I-A. I'd, I'd love to talk reco with every, everybody. So, And Thelma, where can people find you? I know that all of us have really been promoting the reco model in our various ways. So any of us would be great to reach out to. But yes, join a reco ring, join any of ours, Ozaki reco, Twin Ports reco, the West Bend reco would be the best way. Any, any of those would work. Um, you can reach me at Bossy Cow Farm. That's ours. There's no other Bossy Cow Farm out there, um, both on Facebook or on our website. You can just search us and find us. More than happy to help anybody with any questions, uh, even if you're just thinking about like how to get one started. We all would love to help you. <laughs> I'm really hoping someone in the Twin Cities is listening and is fired up because selfishly, I would love to have this. <laughs> in my neighborhood or in my city at least. Well, I want to thank you three for taking the time today. This is a really exciting model. I yeah, I also hope it it catches on. Thanks for giving us this opportunity to talk about Reco. We really appreciate it. Dirt Rich is produced by the Sustainable Farming Association. We believe that agriculture done well heals. For more resources or to tap into the farmer to farmer network, visit us at sfa-mn.org.